Hello everyone and welcome to this episode of Come Follow Me Disciples Journey. This episode will cover section 107 of the Doctrine and Covenants. So this week's study is section 106, 107, 108. Um, sections 106 and 108 are a combined 16 verses. You will probably fly right through those things. Section 107, on the other hand, is a nice even Adrian Monk, for those of you who watch Monk, would love section 107. Nice, round, even 100 verses. Um, and it's one of these sections. We've had a couple of these recently that are very, seemingly very administrative. Um, we talked uh, about uh, different councils and disciplinary things. Uh, and, and, you know, so it can be easy to get a little glossy-eyed at some points of this. But section 107 especially, there are these little hidden gems and nuggets throughout it that it, you, as you're vigilant in your studies, um, you can find, and specifically about the priesthood. Um, so in, in t- talking about the priesthood and in kind of leading off here, uh, recently it seems there's been this emphasis on clarifying what the priesthood is and who has access to the power of the priesthood. Um, and the clarification is really that men and women have access to that power. The power comes from covenant making and keeping. That's where the power of the priesthood comes. Uh, that's where God's blessings come from and where we can access that power from heaven, Right. Uh, as we think about the, our temple experiences, our covenant-making experiences, men and women baptized, men, men and women go through the same, uh, essentially, ordinances, covenants in the temple, right? Accessing the same power. And it's God's power, right? So what is God's power? Well, a word that we have for that and a phrase that we have for that is priesthood power. And when you put it that simply, it becomes much more clear that men and women have access to the power of the priesthood. In section 107, we're going to talk about the holy uh, priesthood after the order, of the order of the Son of God, which is now called the Melchizedek priesthood. We learn in section 107 why we call it the Melchizedek priesthood, because Melchizedek was such a good guy that he was worthy to have it ca- called after him, and because the the, the title of it is... Uh, the holy priesthood after the order of the Son of God. And so to stop uh, or avoid the appearance of profaning the Lord's name and out of reverence and respect for his name, because his name is in it, uh, they said, hey, let's let's stop saying it over and over and over. Let's, sh- let's shorten this and have something that we can call it um, without disrespecting or, or appearing to disrespect the Lord. And so they call it the, the Melchizedek Priesthood. So we're going to learn about this Melchizedek Priesthood. We're going to learn about the order of it, and specifically the order that's going to be mentioned several times throughout this section as you uh, read, is that um, those who hold the priesthood, now again, that doesn't mean it's only they who have access to the power of the priesthood. This is holders of the priesthood, were originally... Um, is patriarchal in nature, meaning father to son, and so on, down down the line. 
So that's just kind of a background, a little bit about Section 107. Now that's and about the Doctrine and Covenants. Now let's, I guess, do a little bit more background on the receiving of this revelation and how it was written and received and, and whatnot. So uh, this revelation is dated March 28, 1835, but some of these, some of this was received as early as 1831. Um, and Another note, this is March 1835, about a month and a half before this, mid-February of 1835, the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles is organized, called and organized. So we're going to read more about councils and the First Presidency and the Twelve, okay, uh, in this section. They've been now called. The church is growing at this point. We're five years, essentially, after the establishment, and it's growing rapidly. And it was outgrowing the leadership. And so we had back in, you know, November of 1834, Section 106, Warren Cowdery being called as a an ecclesiastical leader. And there's these new leaders being called. There's new uh, quorums being organized for the leadership of the church to guide this the, the growing body of the saints. Um, but like I said, this, this section is dated in, uh, March 1835, but much of it had been received um, between 1831 and 1835, so about for, for about three and a half years is what this covers. And think about that, and think about that from the Prophet Joseph. Why would he put this, compile this together? Why would it be dated 1835? Well, to me, it seems that some revelations are, are incomplete when we receive them. They're building blocks. And when I say some, I probably actually should say many, um, because that's the way the Lord tends to operate. Line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. He builds, right? And he says, I'm going to give you this information, because I want to give you, you know, if, if, if I say A, B, C, D, right? I'm going to give you A because I want to give you D, but you can't get there without A. And I can't go from A to D, so I'm going to now give you B, because now you're prepared for it. Well, now you're prepared for C. And now you can have D. And that's kind of what happens here in this section. And in our life, um, in my life, what I've noticed is there are experiences that I have, right? Where um, that, that, build, that build and prepare me for a way for to be ready to receive what the Lord really wants to teach me. So, I had one of these experiences r- really recently. Um, we have a son who is just having a hard time right now. He's nine, um, having a hard time mentally. Uh, has a lot of just anxiety and um, is worried about his safety. Worried about his family safety a lot and just really hard on him hard on the family hard as a parent to see him go through it sometimes you just want him to i mean i'll be like the way that he expresses this sometimes is very difficult for us as parents to handle um because it sometimes leads to outbursts and uh anger and um misbehavior type of things and so sometimes as a dad i'm just like I just want him to snap out of it, right? Like, hey, you don't need, like, you're safe. There's nothing, you don't need to be afraid. 
Um, and I've and I've had these experiences through my life where I've had those, these types of anxieties and fears, right? And you can't just snap out of it, right? Uh, but the Lord, in His line upon line, precept upon precept way, recently has created a, a scenario in my life and my work life and things where I had a significant spike in my anxiety. And my mind started going crazy and wild. And I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, look, hey, let's snap out of it. These are the thoughts I'm having. Hey, like, you're letting your mind go wild. And I'm, I would have these moments of like clarity, like, hey, just like, you, you need to try to control this. These, you're like just going down these what if paths that are just outlandish, like nothing. It's okay. Everything's going to be okay. But then, you know, moments later, my mind's going down that path and I'm feeling my, I'm feeling anxiety in my body and my stomach and, you know, those feelings of fear. And as I laid in bed, having these thoughts and these feelings and trying to control them but not being able to, uh, very clearly, the Lord spoke to me and said, Now you understand. Now you understand your son. If you, a grown adult who has grown in, in more self-control, who is more developed, more mature, if you can't control these fears and anxieties, why do you expect your son to do that? And this experience only came because the Lord had prepared me to receive that revelation, right? I could not have learned that without going through what I had gone through. And for that, in that moment, I saw my son more in the way that my Heavenly Father, his Heavenly Father, sees him. But it comes line upon line. It comes through trials. It comes through experiences that teach us, that mold us, that that soften us. And in the Doctrine and Covenants, section 107 particularly here, Joseph received this revelation that seems like um, a very administrative in nature. But there's a lot of nuggets of truth of, of doctrine in here. And he receives these things because he had been prepared. Um, I want to close, uh, but I do want to share a couple of just clarifications and thoughts. Uh, section 107 in one point makes it seem like there's two priesthoods, Aaronic and Melchizedek. There's not. There's one priesthood. Um, I think of it like, it says, you know, well, I'll read you what Joseph Smith said. He said, although there are two priesthoods, yet the Melchizedek priesthood comprehends the Aaronic and Levitical priesthood and is the grand head and holds the high authority which pertains to the priesthood. All other priesthoods are only parts, ramifications, powers, and blessings belonging to the same and are controlled and directed by it. Another word that's going to be used is appendix two. When I think of it, I think of like draw a circle on a piece of paper and then draw a smaller circle inside of that circle. The Aaronic priesthood is that smaller circle. It has doesn't have the same authority. There's less authority. 
but it's contained within the Melchizedek priesthood. Is there's one? It's not that doesn't by drawing that second circle, you're not adding to the circle's area. Um, so there's not this second priesthood. Um, uh, another thought I want to share. Uh, this comes from President Benson, I believe. Yes, and he said, "How did Adam bring his family into the?" Power, the, the, the order of the priesthood, this, again, patriarchal, right? Father, son, and encompassing, but encompassing the whole family. How did he do it? He said, the answer, Adam and his descendants entered into the priesthood order of God. Today we would say that they went to the house of the Lord and received their blessings. The order of the priesthood spoken of in the scriptures is sometimes referred to as a patriarchal order because it came down from father to son. This order is otherwise described in modern revelation as an order of family government where a man and a woman enter into a covenant with God, just as Adam and Eve to be sealed for eternity, to have posterity, and to do the will and work of God throughout their mor- throughout their mortality. If a couple are true to their covenants, they are entitled to the blessing of the highest degree of the celestial kingdom. These covenants today can only be entered into by going to the house of the Lord. Adam followed this order and brought his posterity into the presence of God. He is a great example for us to follow. Again, it's not about being ordained to the priesthood here. This is about obtaining the power of the priesthood. And how is that done? Temple covenants, temple ordinances. That's it. Um, and finally, the last thought I wanted to share comes from the Come Follow Me manual this week. And it says, at first glance, section 107 might seem to be about organizing priesthood offices. Uh, it is. Uh, but... There's, no, there's so much more to the divine instruction in section 107 than just how to organize priesthood quorums. The Lord teaches us how the priesthood was organized, how it was instituted in the days of Adam. Its purpose from the beginning is to make it possible for God's children, us, you, to receive the saving ordinances of the gospel and enjoy all the spiritual blessings of the church, to have the privilege of receiving the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven and to have the heavens open unto them. The priesthood this order that we're going to learn about, the order of, and even when you think about having wisdom and order, putting things in order, that's, that's the, that's, you know, we're going to put them into quorums. We're going to have this um, organization. That's part of it. And why is it there? Why do we have the priesthood? What's the whole thing? It's the keys to unlock heaven so that we can receive mysteries so that we can be taught the mysteries so that we can enter back into heaven. And that's not a man, male, female thing. That's a child of God thing. Um, that's all I've shared this week for Section 107. Thank you for listening. Uh, best of luck in your studies, and I hope to talk to you next.